Live from Daytona Beach, Florida, this is Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone. Talking Motorcycles, the radio show that covers the world of motorcycles and motorcycle racing. We're here to entertain you, inform you of new products, and enhance your love of motorcycling. Road race, flat track, touring, scooters, vintage, you name it, we discuss it right here on Talking Motorcycles. And now, here's your host, pro race announcer and third generation motorcycle rider, Barry Boone. Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone. I am your host and uh, pretty humble to be here. Happy to be a part of this show. And it's kind of becoming a movement, uh, not only across the country, but here in Daytona Beach as well. Now that we are on FM 93.5 AM 1150, we get a lot of feedback uh, from the local market and a lot of people posting their opinions and uh, it's cool. And you can do the same thing. Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone on Facebook is your best bet if you'd like to make comments about the show or be a part of it. I, we have a great show. I mean, there's no question tonight is going to be a really, really fun show. We are going to talk about the absolute uh, huge demographic shift in the age of motorcycle buyers and how that's impacting the manufacturers, the dealers, the marketplace in total. And I think it's going to be interesting to explore that a little bit. How did this get started? Well, let's see. Uh, it was uh, the 21st, five days ago on Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone Facebook page. I made a random post because it was concerning me just a little bit. And my post was, why has today's youth market turned their backs on buying motorcycles? And how can manufacturers create interest where maybe it doesn't exist? Definitely offended some millennials, uh, just a few, uh, took, took my post all wrong. It wasn't that I was being offensive of a whole generation of fine young Americans. It was that my question is serious. It appears to me that my generation, everybody wanted to own a motorcycle. The current generation barely knows how to drive a stick shift. So I don't think they're thinking motorcycling and the numbers would indicate the same thing. So in our first little brief open, we are going to explore just a little bit about the generational shift and how that is impacting the business. As a brief overview, it's all we have time for. We're going to talk a little bit throughout this show about some of the manufacturer's offerings. It's obvious they know what's up. Shelly Rossmeyer is going to be with us. We're going to get some thoughts from her as a dealer and a rider. And she's just dang near almost a millennial herself. She's just, I think, maybe right in that, just outside of that group. I'm not sure. She's still in it. She's still in it. No, she's not, but she's close. We're talking 18 to 34-year-olds here uh, who are considered to be millennials. As for me, I'm, I'm an old guy. I'm more a part of the baby boomer generation, and we dictated uh, the market for a number of years on a number of levels in every kind of way. And now that we are now outnumbered uh, by millennials, which is really interesting, I did not know that. So John Light is going to be talking to us uh, here after the first break. John is the... Um, uh, director of the power sports director for a really cool company called Evans coolant that completely has revised the cooling industry for cars and motorcycles and just about every professional race motorcycle that is water cooled utilizes their products. It's way better than water um, to keep your engine cool. And we'll find out. Maybe we'll have time to talk to him about his products. Maybe not. We may have to get him back on for that. But he, on our uh, Facebook post on Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone, had some interesting thoughts. And so I just hit him up and invited him to come on. I also asked um, one of our Facebook friends, Scott, I uh, won't go into his last name, but his stuff's all there if you want to read it. And I'm sure he wouldn't mind. And 
Scott answered me. I asked him to come on the show too. He said, yeah, for personal reasons, I think I'd rather not. But he said, you are uh, correct though, that things are changing with riders. There are so many options now. I could go buy a decent 650 for $3,000 on Craigslist. Uh, you have smaller bikes available for riders making the decision to downsize. You no longer need a 650 adventure bike when Kawasaki and Honda sell something smaller. And I want to talk about that. I will say this. I did overreact when I saw the question and you started this conversation. But you are right. My generation is not that interested as older generations are. That's a fact. He said it could be because more are focused on college, overprotective parents, high student debt, increased insurance rates, etc. It's a long list of factors. I know when a generation gets to the point they drop things like motorcycles, it does happen. My dad did that a few years before I was born. He quit for 25 years so he could raise a family. Within a year of getting my first motorcycle, he got himself a cruiser. Again, thanks for the offer, but I will have to decline. I will continue listening. I ask you to keep an open mind about different generations um, of um, writers, I will also try to keep an open mind too. And I get that, Scott, and certainly didn't mean to offend you or any of your group because I think it's a, just important that we have the conversation. So what is a millennial? A, what is a baby boomer? A baby boomer is right now between the ages of 51 and 69 years old. There are 74.9 million of us out there. 74.9 million. Generation Xers, 35 to 50 years old, they're 66 million. Millennials, the largest living generation, 18 to 34, there are 75.4 million. They have now overtaken boomers. Some of us are getting old and dying, and uh, they are not. Uh, plus, there are immigrants coming into the country that are impacting the millennials' numbers as well, but that's a whole other subject we're not going to go into. But it is of interest to me. There has been amazing changes in the motorcycle industry in terms of total sales. It all peaked in about 2006 with 1.1 million motorcycles sold in America. 1.1 million. In 07, when people started to begin to realize their homes were, uh, maybe they were underwater, they had problems, things weren't looking good all of a sudden, uh, they began to decline. And in 08, when President George W. Bush went on TV in September and said, we're going to have to bail this country out and its banks or we're going to crash, then crash we did. And the motorcycle industry fell to uh, from its lofty height of 1.1 million annual sales to about just a hair over uh, 4 million, I believe. And you know what's interesting, folks? It has not recovered. We are still hovering uh, below uh, 500,000 units per year, and that has created some interesting things in our industry. One of the things it has done is it has caused the manufacturers to take a look at maybe making more affordable motorcycles. They've got two problems. Uh, those of us in the baby boomer generation, the older part of the boomers, are no longer looking for heavy motorcycles just because physically they can't handle them. So they're looking for smaller, a lot of them who want to continue riding. To that end, Kawasaki just released their 300cc Versus little twin. I rode one the other day. It's fabulous. $5,700 motorcycle with ABS. Uh, little dual sport. Great bike. BMW has their new G310GS Adventure coming on uh, very soon, probably before the end of this year. It'll be in the 6575 range. I'm not sure that's going to help uh, buyers who are looking to economize. Honda has revamped the CRF250. And then you get into a whole other genre, the uh, vintage, modern vintage, like Yamaha's SR400s, kind of a 70s retro. Same thing with Suzuki TU250, uh, Honda CB300F, a sport kind of standard single 300cc. 
And then, see, I think it's a great time as a motorcyclist to be alive in America. I think it's important to realize that these manufacturers are building motorcycles for your generation if you're a millennial and you're listening. And by the way, we're going to take calls at the bottom of the hour, and that number is 386-239-0033. There's two reasons I want to hear from you. I want to know who inspired you to ride a motorcycle or what inspired you to ride a motorcycle. I want to know that. I know what inspired me. It was mostly my family and taking me for rides when I was young. I want to know what got you, what, what lit that fire in you. And at the bottom of the hour, we'll be taking your calls. I'll slow down. 386-239-0033 from wherever you may be. And we'd look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. And one of the lucky callers is going to receive a brand new set of uh, Dunlop motorcycle tires, if you're choosing, just for calling in. We'll take your calls and uh, put you in the queue, I then will bring you to the air, and you can speak your mind. Moving up from the 250s and 300s, there is a beautiful, amazing collection of motorcycles right now you can buy. I start with the Harley-Davidson Street 500 and Street 750 because that's a bike I've ridden, and I I totally love. I mean, if you're into that urban assault vehicle, the new uh, Street Rod uh, is 750 is fabulous motorcycle. In my lifetime, there's if you really look back on motorcycles, we've never seen a bike like that for that price in this marketplace. We never have. And there's a host of others. If you're into small sport bikes, Honda CBR300R, Ninja 300, KTM RC390, uh, Yamaha YZF-R3. In truth, the manufacturers are bending over backwards to build products to entice a generation of riders who may or may not even know yet that they want a motorcycle. But I think they do. I think there's a higher percentage than we know that wants to own a motorcycle, that wants the joy, the freedom, the experience of getting out there and uh, getting on two wheels and creating a lifestyle. As for me, my life changed when I started commuting on a motorcycle. Uh, I was working at the time, managing a car store and owning a car store. I began riding every day. It became 12,000 miles a year just commuting. That put me at 35 to 40,000 miles a year, and boom, it was on for me. And now a million miles later or more, um, I'm thankful for every mile. And as my life moves on and I get older, I can't wait to get more miles. It's, uh, it's just the most thrilling thing in the world to me to ride a motorcycle, and I intend to do it until I just can't do it any longer, and I hope that's a really long time. It's, uh, we're going to go to break. Mr. John Light with Evans Cooling is uh, in the queue right now waiting to come on. Shelly Rossmeyer is here from Rossmeyer's Harley-Davidson, and speaking of which, Rossmeyer's Harley made this show possible at WNDB. We're going to forever be grateful to them. I invite you to go to brucerossmeyer.com, check out both stores in Daytona Beach and New Smyrna Beach. They are uh, family-owned, family-managed, customer-first, in every way. I love the dealership. Can you tell? It's not because they write us a check. It's a tiny check anyway. It's just this. Uh, when you, If you're an enthusiast and you want the entire package, the experience of owning a motorcycle and access to all of this vast knowledge that's available, it's all there at Bruce Rossmeyer's Harley-Davidson just for you. Hope you like the topic. We're going to have a lot of fun with it here tonight on the show, and we will be right back. Much more to come. Here on FM 93.5 AM 1150 WNDB.
Bell exists to inspire and enable the next generation of boundary breakers. It is from motorcycles and the motorcycle racing culture. They don't just make helmets, they make possibilities. Born in a garage, fueled by grease and will, guided by pure intent to encourage the world to live, ride, and thrive. Hand in hand with the world's best riders, Bell continues to enable the world's best to be their best, as it always has. Bell, established in 1954, proven and developed ever since. Find your own style and choose your own Bell Helmet at bellhelmets.com forward slash power sports. Since 1903, the Harley-Davidson Motor Company have built motorcycles that are an American standard for the world. Since 1994, Bruce Rossmeyer's Daytona Harley-Davidson and Bruce Rossmeyer's New Smyrna Harley have set new standards for motorcycle dealerships. Bruce Rossmeyer's is your source for Harley-Davidson motorcycles, motor clothes, officially licensed products, parts, accessories, authorized service, and rentals. Bruce Rossmeyer's Harley-Davidson is truly family-owned and family-managed and provides the ultimate buying experience to the Harley-Davidson enthusiasts. Whether it's a new bike purchase or an oil change, Bruce Rossmeyer's Harley-Davidson Associates are dedicated to delivering the Bruce Rossmeyer difference. Discover what being treated like family really means. 23 years of dedication to local and regional charities has put millions of dollars back into the communities they serve. That is the Bruce Rossmeyer difference. Find out more and check out exciting events at BruceRossMeyers.com. Wow, welcome back to the show, Riders Call Home. Our subject uh, today is who inspired you? What inspired you? Why did you begin riding? Was it a neighbor down the street that would ride his old motorcycle down the street? I'll give one quick example, and then we're going to bring in our uh, both of our guests here in just a few minutes. First, John Light, and then Shelly Rossmeyer. But uh, who was that guy? Famous actor. He was on Melrose Place. For you millennials, don't even know what that is. Uh, but he was on Melrose Place for a number of years. He starred in... Over 70 TV movies. Um, gosh, what what is his name? Great guy. Perry King. He's become a big ambassador for the American Motorcyclist Association, too. And I said, Perry, I always ask our guest, what got you into motorcycling? Perry said, well, we were on vacation in the family station wagon. And this guy goes by on an old BSA, black BSA, wearing black leathers and a black helmet. And he said, I want that. I want all of that. I want that old BSA. I want those leathers. I want that helmet. I want to be out on the open road going somewhere. For me, that was it. For me, it was my grandfather taking me for a ride in his old Harley side hack when I was like eight or nine years old and and getting a dirt bike and, and all of that. And it just, it became, it consumed me. And what is it for you? And I'd like you to call at the bottom of the hour, 386-239-0033, and tell us your story of how you got into motorcycling. But first, we're going to bring in from Evans Cooling, a good friend of the show and a great friend of motorcyclists everywhere, John Light. Welcome aboard. Hey, Barry. uh, Thanks for having me on. I I appreciate the time here. We appreciate your input. You know, when I posted that stuff on Facebook, it was just a whimsical thought. And it lit kind of a firestorm. And I was really impressed with your comments, uh, John. Uh, basically, you said we need, a, need to, uh, to step up a generation to the parental level and get the parents involved in a different way. First of all, for me, when I was young, I could get off the school bus 
We lived in a in the kind of the rural area, and I could get on my dirt bike and head out and ride all evening and never hit a public road, and that was easy for me to enjoy motorcycling. Tell me more about your ideas. Well, I think you just hit on something right there with the, the ease of riding, how it used to be. Uh, you know, in the 70s, I had a, I had a mini bike, and, and my friend would show up, and we'd just go ride. Um, and, and, you know, you weren't exactly allowed to ride where you did, but people didn't panic about it either. But now, now and, and uh, you know, I think we, the, the industry, needs to focus a little bit more on, on the message and, and really work on, work on the message of, with the right protective equipment, this is just another sport. This is just another sport for kids to, to spend time in, to be outside, to be healthy. And, and I, I like to tell people that nothing will teach a kid responsibility better than having their own throttle in their hand. Um, you give them all the information, the lessons, you tell them what to do, what not to do, uh, and then they go out there and they, they ignore you and, and they fall down. It hurts a little bit, and all of a sudden they go, oh, wait a minute, I do need to pay attention. And, and you know, when, when they're riding, it's all up to them, which is rare for kids now. Usually there's, there's always somebody around guarding, guarding the children, and, and I think that that kind of retards the, the growth of responsibility. Um, if, if, there's, if you don't have responsibility, you don't exercise it. That is an excellent point, and I totally agree. I'm still not old enough to ride today's new sport bikes because I, I still like to twist the throttle too hard and I crash. And so <laughs> I still can't ride those great bikes because I'm not old enough. But, you know, I get that. And another sport, what you mean is like, okay, so your kid, uh, you want your kid to play soccer, you want your child to play football, and you get them the proper training, you get them the proper headgear, you get all the gear, and you support that, but – parents who aren't moto aware would never ever some would never imagine putting their child on a little race dirt bike and turning them loose right and and that may be the fault of of should we call it the excitement industry you know when when the family goes out to see a, a supercross race it's the most exciting thing to go see and yet mom and dad walk away going whoa there's no way my kid's gonna go ride one of those things where you know when i was when i was young and, and riding both both my parents ride uh, in fact my my grandparents ride motorcycles and and it's a family thing and it's it's a much different uh environment if you're if you're on a mini bike and you're bouncing through a field following uh your 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 dad your parents or with your friends or whatever and and you you know you're not trying to go upside down over a jump you're not um, doing anything crazy, you're just you're just having fun, and and I think that's what the industry needs to put across as a message is, you know, over here the extreme stuff it's really fantastic, it's it's pretty wild, but the vast majority of riders, people interested in motorcycles, they're not doing that. They're just out riding. I got they're, a I got a million miles, but I I try to always keep at least one wheel on the ground all the time. <laughs> Life does not happen at 30 feet in the air for me. It just doesn't. One of the things in your uh, Facebook message, or it wasn't a message, yeah. it was your post on my post was, I like this phrase, don't bubble wrap your kids, moto wrap them. Right. And, and you know, I don't want to generalize, but often when people talk about, um, they're also talking about, I don't know, the, the helicopter parent kind of a thing. And and I think it's it's kind of unfair to 
not let your kid get out there and explore stuff that everything has a bit of a risk. Um, But, you know, imagine the picture of of a kid in in full riding gear, wearing wearing armor, a, a helmet, all that, all the, all the gear, boots, and and they got mud all over them and a huge smile, and that's that's motor wrap. Motor wrap your kids. It's it's a contact sport, just like playing hockey or or football or even soccer. Even though they're not wearing a lot of gear, um, injuries happen across the board. Injuries happen, you know, in your in your in your bathroom, slip and fall in the shower. I mean. Life is risky, but to address the risk in a way that you understand it and then start to be able to recognize risks and, and control them through, through respect, that comes from experience. That you, you can't just be told that. And, and the whole, you know, bubble wrap the kids, uh, it's easier for the parent. They don't have to worry as much. Don't let them do things. But I don't think it's fair to the kid, honestly. You know, I don't either, and um, I don't think it's healthy sitting on a couch playing uh, video games on your iPad for hours on end either. You know, I think getting outside, experiencing life, some of my greatest memories are out with my dad, uh, my cousin, uh, dirt bike riding. I mean, I learned about life. I learned about winning. I learned about losing. I learned consequences of my action. I learned to take care of my motorcycle. It gave me a mechanical Uh, kind of a head start in life that I didn't have before. I learned to take care of my stuff. And when I got my first car, I was way more mindful of changing oil and maintenance because I understood that. I'd like to bring Shelly Rossmeyer in. Of course, Shelly is a lifelong motorcyclist family, been involved since she was born. Uh, Shelly, when was your first recollection of motorcycling and, and who and exactly what inspired you to ride? You're a great rider. Well, it sounds, uh, it, well, hi. Hi. Good evening. Good evening. Great to have you here. And say hi to John Light. Too. Yes, hi, John Light. And Thank you were right on point. And I think you, we had a very similar upbringing in having access to motorcycles, kind of riding them where you weren't supposed to be riding them. But our parents brought, brought, us, brought it into our life, you know. My dad right? gave it to me. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a gift. And it was knowing I'm the youngest of five children and three sisters and a brother and anything they got to do, I wanted to do. So. We have our first caller. Shall we take it? Sure. Let's do it. It's I said after the bottom of the hour, it's 728. But I, since I happen to own this show, I think I could do anything I want to do, which is really <laughs> great. We are going to talk to uh, Wayne from Ormond Beach, I believe. Wayne, welcome to Talking Motorcycles. Yeah, hi. I'm over in Ormond. I hang out with your buddy Van Singley once in a while. Love the guy. Yeah, I love I love what he does with my BMW. He can yeah. do anything. <laughs> now, what, what actually brought me into it was a television show, and I'll see if you can guess the opening line. He's sitting at a light, and he looks at a guy next to him. He's on a, a Harley Sportster, and the guy says, taking a trip, and he answers, yeah, I don't know where I'm going, wherever I end up, I guess. I'm going to win the Dunlops. Then came Bronson. Yep, there you uh-huh. go. <laughs> uh, Shelly wouldn't remember that. I would not. She's yeah. not quite a millennial, but she's not quite a boomer either. Well, you remember that hat he used to wear? I do. I still have a hat like that, see, and I still wear it. See, it was, that was a role model guy. He, he had his oh, bed yeah. roll up on the forks. He was, he was out there living large and working to keep riding. And, and yeah. I think the guy was kind of an inspiration to us all, a whole generation. Yeah, because it was the freedom of the road. He said, here it is. Just get on a bike, and you can go find it. And hey, Wayne, you find, you find. what do you ride on a daily basis? I got a old BMWs. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, you have a bunch of slash twos, I believe. That's right. Ten of them, yeah. Yeah. Listen, Wayne, thank you so much for calling in the show. We appreciate getting your inspiration, what got you on two wheels. That's awesome. Thank you for calling us. All right. Take care. All right. That's Wayne from Ormond. Appreciate Wayne calling. That's very, very cool. Uh, John, you don't remember then came Bronson either, do you? No, but honestly, I, I grew up in the in the country, and we got one channel, CBS, so my television background is really spotty. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Uh, we didn't get much either growing up, but we did get the Daytona 500 on ABC Wild World of Sports, so we did get that. But everything else we listened to on MRN Radio, which, by the way, uh, was born right here in the studio where uh, Dr. Phil and I and Shelly now sit. This was the original home of MRN Radio, which is I don't know. I, there's something about that gives me called chill bumps. Um, it, it's one of those things. we got to go to break. Don't really want to, but I'm so grateful to the people that make this show happen. And before we get into this uh, this break, though, I want to just mention to you one thing. Do you wear a helmet when you ride? I mean, we do. Um, I have a variety of helmets. I have a Bell Star full face. I have a Bell Mag 9 open face that I really like. It's got Cena communication in it. My wife and I communicate all day when we're touring. I get, I can make and receive phone calls and do voice texting and all that. But whenever I'm wanting a half helmet, do you wear half, half helmets? Let me recommend to you a Bell Pit Boss. Finally, someone has created a helmet, a half helmet, that's fully featured it you when you put it on you feel the quality you realize you are in a proper safe half helmet uh, if there is such a thing and i do believe that there is uh, it has zip outside curtains for when it gets cool it's got a neat little sun visor in the front it's got a drop down sun shade and all that for under 200 dollars in about seven or eight colors you can find out more at bell uh bellhelmets.com slash power sports uh, this portion of the Talking Motorcycles program is powered by our newest sponsor, who I just, I love these people. They make and sell OEM Toyota parts. No matter which Toyota model you have, whatever year you have, you just go to truetoyotaparts.com and order it up. You have a few more days to order those parts, accessories, maintenance items, and still get free shipping when you go to check out in the, um, the uh, promo box. Type in Barry in checkout and in the promo box, and you'll get free shipping on your order. But that's just through the end of July, so you got to rock and roll. If you need some spark plugs, air filter, whatever you need, they've got it, first of all, and you can order it at truetoyotaparts.com. We're going to break much more. John Light and Shelly Rossmeyer with us, plus we're going to take some calls from you at 386-239-0033 here on Talking Motorcycles. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Dunlop is the largest supplier of original equipment and replacement motorcycle tires in the U.S. and the only motorcycle tires made in America. With operations headquartered in Buffalo, New York, Dunlop has been making and selling high-quality tires in the U.S. since 1923. With an unparalleled championship record, Dunlop race tire technology transfers directly to the street. Dunlop, the only tire for your motorcycle made in America. 
When you're out on a ride and you decide, hey, let's go get a cup of coffee, the place to go is Sweet Marley's Coffee and Bakery at 214 South Beach Street in beautiful downtown Daytona. Owned and operated by local motorcyclists, all baked goods are made fresh daily, in-house, many from old family recipes. Hand-rolled, boiled, then baked bagels. Made from scratch English muffins. Fresh roasted organic coffees and teas. What more can you ask for? Sweet Marley's Coffee and Bakery when it's time for a cup. In 2016, Toyota was again named Top Motor Vehicle Company by Fortune Magazine. TrueToyotaParts.com believes your Toyota is greater than the sum of its parts. Reputation, reliability, and longevity are the reason you bought your Toyota in the first place. Maintain that quality with True Toyota Parts. When you buy OEM parts, True Toyota Parts, you are maintaining the quality of your Toyota, and by choosing TrueToyotaParts.com, you save time and money. At TrueToyotaParts.com, your satisfaction with your Toyota is as important as your satisfaction with True Toyota Parts. They back their products with a 12-month Toyota Parts warranty and have parts professionals eager to make your experience with TrueToyotaParts.com exceptional. When you need parts and accessories for your Toyota, visit TrueToyotaParts.com. Enter promo code BARRY at checkout during the month of July and receive free shipping on your order. Be true to your Toyota with TrueToyotaParts.com. And we welcome you back to Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone. Very, very, very busy show. We have John Light uh, with us here from Evans uh, Cooling, which I really want to talk about. Don't know if we're going to have time. Shelly Rossmeyer in studio. And I've got a whole bunch of callers lined up. Let's take them in order. First, let's go to Dustin, who I'm not sure where Dustin is calling from. Dustin, where are you calling from? Jacksonville Beach. Jacksonville Beach. Welcome aboard, sir. What is your thoughts on who inspired you? Well, uh, I guess hanging out in tattoo shops with my parents when I was growing up. I just saw all the guys coming in on motorcycles, and then my parents got motorcycles. I rode on the back of them, and then I got one when I turned 16 and haven't stopped since. How old are you now, Dustin? 25. 25. Um, wow, you're the guy that I want to talk to. What are you riding today? Uh, today I'm on my road team in the rain. <laughs> A road king in the rain. I love it. Riding in the rain's not too bad. And if you live in Florida, you just might as well love it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah I have. I decided to have two motorcycles over owning a car, so it's my choice. Gosh, I love that. I haven't owned a car in probably two or three years. Um, Dustin, do your folks still have a motorcycle shop? Uh, they don't have a motorcycle shop, but they do ride motorcycles all the time. Um, my mom's big in the whole riding in the history thing. Um so me and my stepdad volunteer at it every year. Great event. Awesome event, to tell you the truth. One that I've been to many times. Last couple of years, I've been in California during that event, but that it is fabulous in May. One of the best ever. Um, man, we appreciate your call. Why, why do you think more people your age, is it just me? Am I wrong? Or do you think more people your age are not quite interested in motorcycling? I agree with what was said a few minutes ago about people are overprotective of their kids and they don't really give them the opportunity and then if the kid wants to get on a motorcycle they look at kid as rebelling and to me welcome your so parents I, welcomed you they liked it they went with it your your yeah. parents welcomed you riding they liked it yeah. 
Yeah, that's really cool. Dustin, thank you so much for your call today. Appreciate you. Oh, not a problem. Thank you for having me. All right. That's Dustin calling from uh, Jacksonville Beach. Well, John Light, it sounds like, and Shelly, there's one young man whose parents said, hey, this is a great idea. You need to ride. I'm all for it, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. As as a parent right now, um, you know, I don't have any problem with my kids riding. I, I, I see them grow when they ride, really. How old are they? Uh, 13 and 15. Are you looking forward to that day when you can saddle up uh, with them on their bikes and you on yours and do a cross-country ride? Yeah, we've gone on motorcycle trips uh, in, the, in the past, but honestly, they're getting pretty big. And, and riding around with a 15-year-old on the back of the bike is uh, it's not a problem by any means, but I just know that he's just itching to, 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 to make his own way, even if he's just riding with us, you know, but uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I got it. I've got cold chill bumps going down both arms right now because my dad crashed on my motorcycle when he when I was 14 and he was 45 and he was killed, oh. but I remember so plainly uh, when he got me my first bike, I think it was a Super 90 Honda and I was about 12 and um, he took me for a ride on the street on the very first day that we had it. I remember sitting on the back watching his hands on the controls just amazed and wanting that you know wanting to do that wanting to ride on the street and so i must say my dad inspired me on that day many other days too but on that day hats off to you dad uh it's it's great father-son time it is absolutely um and and again i i really can't talk too much about the the responsibility that brings to a kid because you know, especially right now at the age of 15, it can be it can be hard to have a real conversation with with a with a boy that age. They they another good point. But but you know, if I if we get out on the on a bike, we ride around a little bit and come back, and there's there's no barrier. It's all laughing and talking about the things that happened, and and it, it just it opens up that gate. Of, of communication. God, that is a great point. Shelly, did you ride with your dad when you were young? And he always rode, right? Well, he had a share of all five of us kids riding with him. So he would ride our mom. Of course, they'd go out. But when it came to a day on the bike with our dad, yeah, we had to take turns. We could get away sometimes with the one on the front, one on the back. But when I was riding next to my father on my own street bike, it was absolutely the coolest. And then to have our whole family riding, five kids, couple of rented kids as my dad used to call them and 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 you know their parents it was it became a really cool way to grow up and your dad was a giant of a man in the industry and personally and professionally and I don't think I've said this to you but one of the things I've always admired was when your father passed Mm -hmm. you and Mandy and everybody stepped up and took off running I just would love to to talk to him today about you I just know he'd be going like yeah I did pretty damn good job with that chick she's pretty awesome He'd be trying to calm me down, I'm sure. But He'd tell you to get to work, good. wouldn't he? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> this is work, but it's it's all not work when you love motorcycling. I mean, this is all part of the play of motorcycling. Yes, and to touch what John said, you know, that that having that control of a motorcycle, people always ask, how do you kind of just go for it? Why are your confidence? Where do you get it from? Because I ride motorcycles. Yeah. It just gives me that confidence that anything you kind of want to give a shot at and you pay attention and you're careful 
it can be a lot of fun. All right. So John and Shelly, if you guys will hang with me for a minute, I want to take a couple of more calls because I've still got, I think, at least three in the queue and I want to get to all of them. Uh, let's go to David down on line five and welcome him to the show. David, where are you calling from? Hey, Barry, I'm calling from Jacksonville, Florida. All right. Welcome aboard, sir. What got you into motorcycling? Who inspired you? It's a strange story, but it was my older brother. He's a year older than me, and we were at the age, he was 18 and I was 17, and we were at the age where we didn't get along at all. And uh, one day, I was working construction, and I needed a ride to work because my old Chevy wouldn't start, and his old Chevy wouldn't start either. So he put me on the back of his Kawasaki 400 triple, and uh, took me to work. And I was a construction worker. I had a tool belt. You know, I had to hold a hard hat, a lunch pail, while hanging onto the back of his motorcycle. And he's going through traffic, you know, and... All my life, I had wanted to get, you know, eventually get some money and build a, a big Hemi car, you know, or a big blown out uh, street car and all, like typical to your stuff. And that morning, it was about 65 degrees, and I was wearing a t shirt, open helmet, you know, and we're just kind of weaving through traffic. Life is good. Man, when I got to work, I had such a buzz. It took about three days for me to come down from that. And I just figured out, man, I need to go buy a motorcycle. What do you ride today? David. Well, I got a I got a Kawasaki ZZR 1200 and an SV 1000 and an SV 650 and a Tramp Street Triple. Ooh, you got some really cool sports standards right there. Nice. Woo! Well, you know, SV 1000 is almost a V8 hot rod. Oh, it's a lot of fun. That yeah. that engine reminds me of a V8. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You've enhanced our show. You've made it better, and your story is so compelling that I would like to award you a brand new set of Dunlop motorcycle tires. Is that cool? That's awesome. I could sure use them. Uh, we can all use quality tires and and david thank you so much for calling you just stay on the line dr phil will get your information and i'll get your certificate in the mail uh tomorrow thank you oh thank you for calling that was david calling in get a lot of calls from jacksonville tonight i wonder we must have listeners up there uh in fact i'm going to take one more real quick uh let's take jennifer on line three hi barry how are you hey jennifer welcome aboard thank you for calling the show who inspired you jennifer who lit the fire of motorcycling in you? Uh, the funny story is my husband made me do it. Um, <laughs> he wanted a motorcycle when our son was younger. And um, so if we all wanted to go somewhere as a family, which we did quite a bit, mm-hmm. I would need my own bike. And he would ride my son on his bike. And I kind of was like a little interested, but not, you know, it wasn't something I had a burning desire to do all along. But once I got on the bike, it was over with. And um, that's been about 15 years ago. And five or six bikes later and hundreds of thousands of miles and cross-country trips and everything else. And our son is the one that you just spoke to a little bit ago. He started riding because we did. D- uh, David. No, Dustin. Dustin. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, congratulations, Mom, for uh, instilling the love of motorcycling in him and encouraging him to ride and not discouraging him to live his life. That's very cool. Best gift, gift I ever gave him. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Uh, did other moms look at you like you were crazy? <laughs> um, a little, but when I talk about some of the experiences we've shared, um, you know, our best family vacation was a trip to the Ozarks, our, his first motorcycle trip when he was about 17. Uh, we all rode up to the, you know, up to the mountains and rode in the Ozarks for a little bit and came through Graceland on the way home and you know I've taken him to see the buffalo in Sturgis on motorcycles so it's it's truly I you can tell they're kind of like I would never do that with my kid but it's neat that you guys do different things on motorcycle it's memories you cannot get any other way no way no way Jennifer thank you so much for calling the show tonight and by the way 
thanks for all you do for writing into history. Um, it's a great event, and you've certainly made a huge contribution. You, Marina Alley, that whole bunch. Oh, well, thank you, Barry. So have you. <laughs> all right. Thank you for calling in. Have a great day. Right. Ride hard, ride safe. Thank you. On Facebook, Gara Moody said, my friend in high school had a Honda 350 Scrambler. Oh, I love those. Had one myself. He said, I ride uh, one ride, and I was in. Always have been a gearhead with cars and motorcycles. Gara, thanks for your comment. Me too. Shelly um, and John, thank you guys for being patient while I take calls. I still have another one uh, in the waiting in the queue I want to get to. But, Shelly, I want to ask you a specific question. Do millennials expect to be treated differently when they come in the dealership and how? I think everyone wants to be treated professionally and have fun doing it and buying a motorcycle. So I think they've done their homework as most customers these days do their homework and you just have to ask the right questions to make sure they're buying the right bike because it's that's generally everything. their first motorcycle. And buying the first right first motorcycle I think is really critical. One thing I read online today, learned a lot today about the millennial generation in general. First of all, they you said it. They do a lot of research. They do they yes. know what they're talking about. They probably know more than your salespeople do about even though you have enlightened salespeople about the particular product that you're going to you're going to have to get up early to beat them on product knowledge usually. The other thing I learned is they're totally unimpacted by normal advertising. They're all about online blogs, listening to their peers, and that normal advertising just doesn't reach them. It, it goes right over. Absolutely. And people want to just have all the right information to make a decision. And if we can provide that, we should be doing it the same across the board. But to answer your question and and is it a different expectation? I don't see that. I, if anything, we're trying to get more and more millennials in, in the store to buy motorcycles. And you've got products now for them, like the Dyna S. Sure. Like the whole Sportster line has become super attractive, I think, for people that want that urban, blacked out, really cool uh, bike. And then the new XG is an awesome motorcycle. I mean, seriously, you've got some products for them. We absolutely have product and we have job opportunities. You know, I look at a lot of the guys that work with us at the dealership that are in that age bracket. They all ride to work every day. I mean, to to them, it's kind of a great job. Plus, it's a way to make money to be able to afford this stuff. Shoot. Working in the motorcycle industry is just uh, all that. Hey, uh, John Light, can you hang, hang on through the break? Sure. Okay, good. Absolutely. Great. We're going to take the final break in the program just because and um, get that behind us. One of the things that I, I do want to say as we um, get ready to go to break here is that um, way before they became a sponsor of the show, in fact, in fact, um, before I go to break, why don't we take uh, Alex's call? He's been holding a long time. Okay. Alex, um, welcome yeah, to the show. I'm here real quick. What inspired you? Oh, my dad inspired me uh, every time I'm an Air Force brat. We lived outside of in Paris, and he uh, I was playing Little League Baseball uh, outside of Paris, and he uh, there was this bike stuck in between these two trucks, and he grabbed me after playing ball and put me on this bike, and it ended up being a, a BSA Gold Star. I was hooked. And that was your went, bike? Was, was that your bike? No, no, some some military guy, some some uh, you know, some sergeant, some he just left his bike there on the base, and so uh, everywhere we went, my dad, uh, we would move around a lot, and every, everywhere we went, he uh, would there would always be a bike for sale that somebody was leaving behind, and 
would sit on the porch and I'd just sit on it and make noises because <laughs> I had no idea how to start the engine. <laughs> Yeah, so well, that, that, it's my father got me into this, yeah. Wow, isn't that awesome? And, uh, hey, that's a, that bike would inspire anyone. It inspires me still today. Yeah, um, I, I have the picture to, to show you. That, uh, I've got the, the original picture, which is crazy. Huh? Um, what did you ride now? Ask him. What do you ride now? Yes, what do I ride now? Mm-hmm. Uh I have a Yamaha FC1, but that's because uh, it was a good deal and I needed some transportation. And uh, I get to ride Cindy's Transalp, and we have a bunch of 125s that we ride around a little bit going to the beach. But uh, the, main, you know, the main thing of what we ride is going to the races. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very lucky to ride Norton Manxes that are pristine and just perfect, and I win all the races. and. We're having a blast, and uh, and uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks here, we're off with to the Isle of Man to uh, do the classic TT. And you'll be riding a Ducati 350 single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gone from superbike category to the um, to the the junior, and um, I'm riding a 350 Ducati, which has just been restored by uh, Rich Lambrecht down in Miami, and we I went down there last week, and and uh, and put it in a in a in a in a case, and, and it's off at the airport. So uh, wow. it belongs it belongs to Jimmy Dillard, who is also a a big sponsor of writing into history. Alex, right. best of luck to you at Isle of Man. I know you're going to get into that vintage mindset. I know it's going to feel yeah. so cool riding that old Ducati, and we're we're all with you 100. percent We want you to bring home some good good happy memories and a great finish. Well, when we get there, that's ground zero. And from there, we'll keep on climbing. So we're like one step at a time. That's Say hey great. to Cindy for us. I will. Thanks, Barry. Thanks for calling the show tonight, Alex. i got to go to break, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I want to just tell you before we go that long before they were a sponsor of the show, I was a buyer and a fan of Clearwater Lights. I will just tell you this. After you've used Clearwater Lights on your motorcycle, no matter what you ride, when you get on a bike that doesn't have them, you are absolutely night blind. When we get back, I'm going to get a one-minute commercial from John Light. I want to know more about his products because I know all the pro racers use them. I want a one-minute commercial. John, be ready. Let's uh, let's head out because time is short here on Talking Motorcycles. Visors are down, bikes are in gear, and now clutches are out, and we are rolling into the final segment of the show. Can you believe it? Should be a three-hour show every week. Thank you for listening, folks, and all you callers. Wow, fabulous. I got Mike from California waiting in the wings. We'll get to you when we get back. This is Barry Boone, host of Talking Motorcycles. I believe that the majority of motorcycle accidents are preventable. The answer? Clearwater lights. Riders add Clearwater lights to see what is in front of them at night. The least expensive Clearwater lights produces a full spectrum 2,000 lumens each. They fully illuminate the road ahead as well as the roadside. Milliseconds count when an animal explodes from the side of the road. The added benefit of Clearwater lights is the ability of other motorists to see your motorcycle in a sea of headlamps. I utilize 
has the easy-to-install selective yellow lenses to create instant visible awareness that my motorcycle is approaching. Following an accident, how many times do we hear the other drivers say, I didn't see them? Clearwater lights are compact, easy to mount, and simple to install. The new generation technology of high-powered LEDs are fully dimmable so you can use them day and night. Clearwater has been offering award-winning service, well-engineered products, and outstanding product support for over 20 years. Learn more at clearwaterlights.com. Since 1903, the Harley-Davidson Motor Company have built motorcycles that are an American standard for the world. Since 1994, Bruce Rossmeyer's Daytona Harley-Davidson and Bruce Rossmeyer's New Smyrna Harley have set new standards for motorcycle dealerships. Bruce Rossmeyer's is your source for Harley-Davidson motorcycles, motor clothes, officially licensed products, parts, accessories, authorized service, and rentals. Bruce Rossmeyer's Harley-Davidson is truly family-owned and family-managed and provides the ultimate buying experience to the Harley-Davidson enthusiasts. Whether it's a new bike purchase or an oil change, Bruce Rossmeyer's Harley-Davidson Associates are dedicated to delivering the Bruce Rossmeyer difference. Discover what being treated like family really means. 23 years of dedication to local and regional charities has put millions of dollars back into the communities they serve. That is the Bruce Rossmeyer difference. Find out more and check out exciting events at brucerossmeyers.com. Well, I don't know where you are, but the sun is setting in Daytona Beach, Florida, and the sun is setting on this show, too. Uh, time is clicking away too fast for me tonight. I, I, I just can't thank our listeners enough for making this show so much fun to do. This is all about you. And, oh, by the way, I've got to find a minute or two to tell you about next week and the week after show because you actually made it happen. But first, let's go to line two. Mike is calling from a place near and dear to my heart, Sacramento, California. Mike, welcome aboard. Barry, how you doing, buddy? Fine, sir. I'm uh, talking about motorcycles, so I couldn't be happier. Who inspired you? Um, my brother-in-law. Tell us about it. Um, I've been riding all my life since I was five years old, but never rode competitively. And my brother-in-laws did. So when I moved down to Sacramento in 2007, I started going out to the track down in Lodi, California. Been there, been there. A lot of races. I know you have, Barry. Uh, so I worked my way up from getting involved with motorcycles to being the race director now for California Flat Track Association. Oh, wonderful. You work with Randy. I do. I do. Congratulations on your new safety initiative that you guys have launched. I'm hearing so many good things about it. Yeah, the Flat Track Safety Group is something that is just unbelievable, and uh, Randy Krimlachek and Brian Bartlow have really done a great job getting this off the ground, and uh, the reception from the riders and the parents has been phenomenal. It's a needed thing. I just had a long conversation with Glenn Stasky at Clearwater Lights about you guys today. In fact, I think he's got you guys are going to get some Clearwaters lined out, I'm pretty sure. Some we, uh, red we lamps. ordered a whole set. That's we what I heard. They're lifesavers. They're almost they're as important as air fencing. Wow, dude! Yes. Thank you for calling the show. I wish we had lots and lots more time. Did did you hit everything you wanted to hit on? Because if you didn't, I'll take another thirty seconds with you. No, that's fine, Barry. I, I appreciate your show and what you do, and uh, I appreciate everything you do for Flat Track. 
Thank you so much. And uh, we appreciate the call from Sacramento, Mike. That's really cool. Thanks for all you're doing for Flat Track right now. Thank you, Barry. I love it. And folks, I will tell you that my, my wife and I are fortunate. We have a seven-year-old grandson and a five-year-old grandson. And I have I think I may have already infected the seven-year-old. He's hooked on motorcycling. He rides, wants to ride every time he comes uh, to stay with us. And I can't get enough of it either. John Light, give us that one-minute commercial on uh, your products. I just, I'm intrigued by them. All right. Thanks, Barry. Um, our, our engine coolant, it's a, it's a waterless coolant. It's a blend of glycols, the same basic chemicals that are already in antifreeze, but no water. Uh, the boiling point is 375 degrees, and it doesn't make vapor pressure. So this means when, when the engine's hot, if you've gotten the water out when you convert it over, you can take the radiator cap off, and it doesn't blow up in your face. Uh, a little bit comes out just from fluid expansion, a little bit of pressure from that, but after that, um, it's, it's just, it just sits there. This means when you're riding... It's not boiling over. You don't get the steam coming out. And some people think, oh, if I don't see steam, how am I going to know when I'm overheating? But the thing is, is that the steam inside the engine, it doesn't transfer heat. So when you start boiling your antifreeze inside your engine, that's the problem. It's not the sign of a problem. And, and it's that vapor in there that allows the metal to get really hot. That's when you get detonation, head warping, the other things. Where can people so, learn more about this? Um, evanscoolant.com uh, or, or on our social media or uh, there's, there's a lot, of, there's a lot okay. of information out there if you just start looking around uh, search Evans or, or Waterloo okay. Coolant or something. I got a two minute clock running gosh thank you for your time this evening you've been an invaluable asset to this discussion no thank you Barry because really having getting, getting parents back to getting their kids on bikes is, is critical not just for our industry but for the growth of our kids, we need responsible kids. I see them every day in the, the youth that we, we help in, in racing. They're, they are more responsible than, than kids in the general public. John, thank you. Thank you so that. much. John Light, everybody. Evans Cooling. Check them out online or go to the web. i got to tell you guys about next week. Next week on the show, this was you said this. You said we want to know more about dressing for long distance or longer distance riding. We have Carl Reese, Guinness Book of World Record holder, coming on. Dina Mastrosi, who recorded more miles as a first-year rider than anyone in history, 11,500. My good friend Norm Nelson. They're going to talk to you about motorcycle touring and the following week the man who just won the iron butt jim owen is going to be on we're not going to talk so much about the iron butt though we are we're going to talk about serious long distance riding but then we're going to change the conversation to you and me and how can we benefit from these folks and their knowledge of riding motorcycles one up or two up across this great nation of ours and you can start with a tour across your state and we're going to talk about that and much much more to our callers we say thank you to all of you for listening to us on fm 93.5 1150 am wndb thank you i'm barry boone we'll see you next wednesday night 7 p.m eastern right here on talking motorcycles